the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Our series on the work of the Holy Spirit continues next on Times of Refreshing. Join us. It's pretty self-centered of us to think that we never need any help. As we find ourselves humbled before the Lord, we realize how much help we really do need. And here in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18, Jesus tells us about the Holy Spirit as our helper. That's what we're continuing with today as we continue our series on the Holy Spirit here on Times of Refreshing from the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Won't you join us and be encouraged? John chapter 14 is where we're at, here now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Once again, our teacher and pastor now, Napoleon Kaufman. When you start to really get close to the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God comes into a church and he's helping to build a church, he's going to testify. He's going to help us to receive the testimony of Jesus Christ. He's going to help us to see how awesome Jesus is. How gracious he is. How Jesus can discipline us. He helps us to understand the the entirety of his person. And so that we're not blindsided by one aspect of who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is constantly testifying him. And, And it's our job to be an echo for the Holy Spirit. That we become echoes. That we start to talk about the Lord. And we magnify him in the midst of us doing great things in the planet and having many accomplishments and achievements and having great things that we're doing in our lives. So many of us in this room, so many of you are doing so many great things. Never forget that he's the greatest. Never forget that he's the greatest. He's the greatest. And for us, when the Holy Spirit comes, he testifies. And you can tell. You can go into a church and see. And, and it's for us. For you wanna, we want to go in, and it has to be clear. We're looking unto Jesus. It has to be clear. And if the Holy Spirit is really with you. Now watch this. The Holy Spirit is really with you in your personal life. You'll start to get your eyes off of you. And you'll start thinking about Jesus. You'll start thinking about when you wake up in the morning. Man, I wonder what Jesus want me to do today. You'll start thinking, man, when I put this outfit on, would Jesus like this? Would Jesus like this? I don't know if Jesus would like this one. I don't know. I don't know if he'd like this one. I'm looking a little too swole up in this one, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know if Jesus would like this. I'm showing a little too much in this one. I, I don't know if Jesus would like this one. 
I don't know of Jesus. Jesus like this. I mean, I mean, we start thinking about Jesus instead of how we feel. We start thinking, how would Jesus like this? If I'm if I'm up in here, this is the place Jesus would be going up in here. You know, we used to wear those bands that say, what would Jesus do? But everybody kept doing what Jesus wouldn't do. So we might we need to get this stuff in our hearts. Hey, man, we got to get rid of the bands and start getting it in our hearts. We wake up in the morning and start saying, man, I need the thing. Is this the way Jesus would teach would treat my wife? Oh, see, all the ladies. Oh, come on. Come on. All the ladies. Y'all something else. But listen, we have to ask, would Jesus treat us? Would Jesus, would Jesus like the way I'm treating his daughter? Would Jesus like the way I'm treating his son? When, when you really, when the Holy Spirit starts to bring Jesus in the midst, he, it, things start to change. We start to think about Jesus more than we start thinking about, I said, would Jesus like the way I'm treating my husband? I burnt his biscuits on purpose. <laughs> would, Jesus, would Jesus like this? We start to ask, would Jesus like the way I'm raising my kids? Would Jesus like the way I'm showing up to work late and leaving Early, I might as well have an altar call. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to have an altar call. <laughs> I ain't get to finish my message. I got two more points. Saints, we have to start thinking when the Holy Spirit is in our life, He comes to help us to bring testimony of Jesus Christ into our lives. And when He testifies of who Jesus Christ is, He also gives us insight and he he also helps us to get our eyes off of ourselves and on him that he's testifying about. So all of us here embrace that aspect of his ministry in our lives. Why? Because he's trying to comfort us and help us in this regard. Can I have an amen? Go to John chapter 16 and let's look at this. John 16 verse 5 on down to 11. This is really good. This is interesting. It says here in verse 5, he says, But now I go away to him who sent me, the Father. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper or comforter, will not come to you. But if I depart, he says, I will send him to you. And when he comes, look at this, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He says, of sin because they did not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, I like this because part of the Holy Spirit's ministry and just influence in the world is conviction of sin, righteousness, and the judgment to come. He convicts of sin, righteousness, and the judgment of co- to come. Now, he says very clearly here that he convicts the world. Other passages of, of Scripture is clearly implied especially in the book of Revelations, that the Holy Spirit comes and he can also helps to convict us. He helps to get us going in the right direction. He convicts us. But the thing that I want to say is that also for the world, that there's an aspect 
of conviction that we embrace as saints of God and as children of God, there's an aspect of conviction that the world is receiving. I want to say this right. But they really don't like to embrace it. Let me say it to you like this. Light cast out the things of darkness. And if a person is in darkness, the thing that they want to do more than anything else is, 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 is run from the light. And for us as a church, I'll say this. If your heart is not right, people tend to hate the church. Why? Because we're shining light on unrighteousness. And God uses the church as an instrument through which the Holy Spirit can bring forth conviction. Have you ever been on your job? And you're on your job or you're around people, I'll say, that don't know the Lord. And when you come around, they're talking crazy and cussing and jabbing and doing their thing. But as soon as you walk in the room, you don't even have to say anything but your very presence. A person will stop. Uh-oh, here come the preacher. And what happens is there's a level of conviction that, that you're going to bring through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that isn't always going to be pleasant for you at times. Because, because I'll just say it to you, saints, sometimes you're going to have to walk alone. And so don't take it personal. It's just who you are in God, and the Holy Spirit is going to bring conviction. And the same thing in regards to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, He wants people to come, but He wants people to come understanding there's a reason why you need to come. And that is, all of us were born into sin and shaped in, a, in iniquity, and we need to repent of our sins, come to God so he can cleanse us. But the Holy Spirit, he comes forth to bring forth that conviction. He comes forth to help a person, but the church, in some cases, has failed in helping the Holy Spirit in that. What we generally say is, just open your, just come. But what we won't do is tell people, you should come, but realize, as you come to God, his demands are, you're going to need to repent. Can I have an amen? You, you have to understand that con the conviction that you're feeling isn't because the church is being self-righteous, and the church, they won't accept me, and the church, and, the, and it's easy to point the finger at the church instead of saying, wait a minute, the Holy Spirit, according to these verses, he convicts men of sin, righteousness, and the judgment to come. And it's our job to partner with the Holy Spirit so that he can draw people and really see people experience conversion. He helps us. To understand the value of the repentance and conviction that comes as a result of individuals sinning, having self-righteousness, and not understanding the power of the judgment to come. It's our job to embrace this aspect of what he's doing in our personal lives and what he's trying to do in the world. But what we've done from the pulpit a lot of times is we have taken the message and so watered it down. That people don't feel any conviction. If, if, if a man is cheating on his wife in this church, I want you to walk in these doors and feel convicted.
If a woman is cheating on her husband in this church, I want people to feel convicted about sin in the church. That's how we get healed. That's how we get made whole. That's how we get changed. I want people to feel convicted. I want people to say, man, I came to church. I got convicted. Because the Holy Spirit was there, and the Holy Spirit was dealing with me, and I know he loves me, but I got convicted today, and God is about to do something in my life now, because I'm getting ready to respond to his conviction. This is how this, is how this thing was designed, the Holy Spirit. He's here to convict us, but he's, he just said, convict the world. Everybody's guilty, and we need to repent. Everybody can get right with God if we respond to his conviction. But what we've done is say, come to Jesus. Don't worry about it. Just join the church. Pay your tithes. And that is it. Instead of saying, if you're going to walk with Jesus, you need to count the cost. Because Jesus is going to make some demands. And he's going to convict you sometimes. And he's going to make you feel bad. But you're going to feel real good when he cleans you up and makes you start acting like him. Can I have an amen? He makes you start acting like him. And people see a change in your life. And your kids see a change in your life. And your spouse sees a change in your life. And the family members start asking, what happened to you? And your coworkers saying, man, you're smiling now. And your people, and they start seeing a change. Why? Because I chose to repent. We've taken repentance out of the gospel and the Holy Spirit. He helps us and he does it. The helper comes to convict men of sin, righteousness and the judgment to God, uh, judgment to come. Praise the Lord. God, make us right. Holy Spirit, convict me, convict us so that we might be right. Can I have an amen in here? Don't we need that in our lives? Amen. Amen. Last thing, let's go to Acts chapter 9, and we're going to close with this. Acts chapter 9, verse 26 on down to 31. This is good. The beginning of chapter 9, Apostle Paul is converted. Saul, whose name was later turned to Paul, was converted. He meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, experiences a powerful conversion repents of his sins, comes to God, and God begins to use him. He uses him in several locations, but at, at the, the disciples at that particular point, and we're going to see here, were very concerned because this is the same one that was a, arresting people and putting them into prison. And so they were a little bit hesitant. And we pick up this story here in verse 26. It says, when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid. They were afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, the Greek-speaking Jews, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. 
It says, then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. Look at this, saints. Walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were what? Multiplied. You know, when I wrote this down, I just, only thing I put here was the picture. Because this is really the picture that we want. We want to see God do this in our, in our church. We want to see this happen in people's personal lives. He says here, then all the churches of Judea, Galilee, Samaria had peace and were edified. What we want, because of the influence of the Holy Spirit in our midst, we want to have peace and we want to be edified. How many want peace in your life? Just give me some peace, man. You can have, you can have everything. Just let me have peace. And I think this is important, the Holy Spirit If he's in the midst, if he's involved, there's going to be peace. And then he says edification. To edify means to to build up and to strengthen. And I think the same thing for us. This is a picture we want. We want peace. We want edification. This happens because of the influence of the Holy Spirit. And he's in our midst helping us. We get peace. We have edification. Every single person here should be getting built up daily. Every day you're getting better. You're getting better as a woman of God. You're getting better as a man of God. You're constantly considering ways in which God and can make you better and how you can yield more and more to God so that you can be better. Holy Spirit, make me better. Make me better. Make me better as a person. I, and I mean, I want to maximize me. I don't want to be like that and that and that and that. I just want to be the best me that I could have ever been before I left this planet. I want to be the best me. I want you to build me up to the place when I die, I can say, man, God came in and he made me the best me that I, and it may not be the best you. Uh, I might be not better than you. I might not be better than you, but I'm just the best me that I could have been. Can I have an amen here? And that gets you free from competition and all that stuff. Then it helps with the peace when I just want to be the best me. And he, he edifies. Edification was in their midst. He says, and walking in the fear of the Lord. This is another thing, and this is part of why we talk about conviction. We have to develop a fear of the Lord. The first century church, they they excelled when it came to the fear of the Lord. There was an awe and a reverence when people came into the presence of God. When we gather like this as the saints, there should be a holy reverence that we're going to have a good time. And you guys see, when I preach, I like to laugh. I I, I try to be me, but but within the boundaries, because we're still in the presence of God of almighty God. And we get the sense that when we're in each other's midst, that man, God is in here. People get on us. You say, man, well, you don't let uh, the men wear hats in there. And you don't, you, why is that? And, and I had a new friend, he came and you told him to take his hat off. Yeah, because he just came in the presence of God. As you were standing before the president of the United States, you take your hand off and you show some reverence. And we treat God as if he's some type of like, this is God, man. Come in here. This is God. I'm taking my hat off. I'm coming. And this God's up in here. I'm here to listen to what God has to say. But people don't have any respect for God anymore. No kind of reverence for the whole thing that for, for holy things. People come to church. 
And they chew gum and they put the gum underneath the seat. And we don't realize, man, listen, we're gathering and all these people got the Holy Spirit in them. We're gathering the Holy Spirit's about to manifest in here. We're gathering the Holy Spirit's presence in here. It doesn't mean that we need to be terrified in here, but we need to have respect. Man, this is God's house. God is here. I'm going to show some respect. But nowadays we got this new school stuff. Well, we think God is cool. You know, what's up, dog? What's up? God's not a homeboy. He controls the planets, man. He controls the stars. He controls. He's powerful, man. Do you read your Bible, man? He's powerful. And let me say this. And I, you guys know I say this sometimes. God will kill you. <laughs> man, I read this Bible sometimes. I'm reading. I'm saying, man, he killed him. All he did was touch the ark, man. Uzzah touched that ark and bam, he dropped dead. I was, that's why I don't play, man. I'm not getting killed, man. I'm doing right. I'm going to walk with God. Can I have an amen? People play around. I read my Bible, man. I be believing these stories too. I believe these stories. I said, whatever you don't want me to touch, Lord, I won't touch it. <laughs> I, won't even, I won't get near it. But saints, this is what I'm saying. But the first century church, they had the fear of God, but it was a healthy fear. They were being edified. There was peace. The fear of the Lord was there. It was a good thing. It was a positive thing. It was a blessing that, man, there's reverence in all. That we, that even with amongst each other, there's the fear of the Lord. We treat each other the right way. Why? Because God is in our midst. He's teaching us to value each other as saints of God. And he says here, where was I at? Oh, I, chapter 9. He, he teaches us in verse 31. Look what he says. He says, and the Lord, he says, uh, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He says, there are multiply. When we do this, the Holy Spirit comes in once again. He's comforting us and there's multiplication. This is a picture. Peace. Edification. Fear of the Lord. Comfort of the Holy Spirit. Churches multiply. Because we say, Holy Spirit, come in. Have your way. Help us. Help us. Help us to, to really see that we're not orphans. Help us by teaching us everything Jesus says. And bringing it to our remembrance. Help us by testifying of Jesus. When people come to the well, they say, man... If you go to that church, you're going to learn about Jesus. Help us by bringing conviction to us and helping us to understand the value of conviction for us and for the world. Help us to, to have this picture. The people are being, they get receiving peace in their life and edification. And fear of the Lord and comfort and multiplication. This is what we want, Holy Spirit. Help us. Lord, we thank you today. And we give you praise. God, may we continue to decrease. And may you continually increase in our lives. May we be a place, Lord, that majors on Jesus. We love the other aspects of the ministry, God, and we give you praise for them. But may we be a church that majors on you, Lord.
Holy Spirit, I say as the senior elder in this church and pastor, we need your help. We need you to comfort us. We need your presence. Lead us by, the, by your power and your presence. Help us to become men and women of God that represent you in the earth. Help us to tell people about Jesus. Help us to make a big deal about Jesus. May Jesus be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925 925- 292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net, or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 10.30 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless. God bless.